Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What's New, a podcast about anything and everything you need to know happening in the world right now. Uh, and a quick word to our sponsors over at NRG Marketing. Ooh, ooh. Yep, <laughs> I'm Carla. <laughs> and I'm Maddie. And um, I think we should probably start today by saying... Um, Condolences? Yeah. To anyone who's been affected by the attack in Paris um on the 13th of November um it is an absolutely horrific event that has shaken at least the entirety of Europe and if not the entirety of the world and um we are actually going to give you today the rundown on everything that's sort of we know yeah so far um today is Monday the 16th so by the time you hear this there might be more developments on it because obviously there's a lot of people working on this at the moment but for now this is what we have and this is what we're going to tell you. So yes. um, We got it off BBC News and it's literally being updated by the minute. Yeah, it so is. we can't be mm. that accurate, but we've yeah, got I mean, as much as we can. I, so I signed up to the um, the Guardian and I get emails through on major events in the last few days. It's just been bing, bing, like emails coming through constantly, all these updates. But um, as we say, we're going to give you what we know um, as and when we know it. But um, let's go. Yeah, shall we start? So, um, as I said, the attack on Paris happened Friday the 13th of November. Um, let's face it, the day kind of lived up to its name, didn't it? Yeah. Um, it was a horrific day of events, because not only was there the attack in Paris, there was a bombing in, I'm going to try and say this correctly, Lebanon? Lebanon, Lebanon, I think. Lebanon, sorry. I'm terrible with that. Um, there was an earthquake in, I want to say Japan. It was Japan, wasn't it? I think so. Major earthquake. And, um, and something happened in Kenya as well. Yeah, it's there's so, there's much so going many on. awful, horrific things happened. Um, but I think we're going to go with, obviously today, and speak to you about the major one, which is the attack on Paris. Um, so It's our neighbouring country, for goodness sake. We've yeah, I mean, there's, what, 27 miles between us and them? If you walk across the Eurotunnel, yeah. that's it. There's, you know, you can swim the English Channel, for crying out loud. It's, it's quite scary. Um, but, of course what actually happened yeah just that's it it is horrific to even think about but we are going to tell you um so the main attacks were um was in the Bataclan concert venue in France um there was a concert going on I think it was a rock concert yeah I can't remember the name of the band um but it was stormed by gunmen um and 89 people were killed um three of whom were gunmen um that is just horrific. Um, 89 people. And in think one place. This band, uh, Sophie Fairbrother, who is another member of Fair From FM, her dad met the band not too long ago. Um, and he was a couple thinking of, weeks of ago. going, wasn't he? He was thinking of going to the concert. And he was talking to someone called Nick Alexander and he was selling merchandise in the Bataclan that night. Um, and he passed away. He got um, shot. And, um, yeah, so Sophie Fairbrother's dad was talking to him not too long before And, I mean, it, it just goes to show that for us as Britons how close this is to us. Um, yeah, it, oh, it's just horrific, really. But um, as well as the attack on the Bataclan, um, the La Belle Equipe, um, I think, that's, is that how you say that, Equipe? I'm not sure. Um, 19 yeah. people were killed in another gun attack. Um, the Lys, Lys Carillon? Carillon? Bah? Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. But, yeah, that. Uh, maybe I should brush up on my French here. Um, and the La Petite Cam Cambodge restaurant. Um, 
15 people were killed again in another gun attack. Um, the La Casa Nostra restaurant, um, and five more people were killed in another gun attack. And um, the French football stadium, the Stade de France, um, just north of Paris, um, three attackers and a bystander were killed. Obviously, it being a huge, important venue for France, a football stadium, the French football stadium. They were actually playing a friendly match um, against Germany and the French president was there during this. Um, the security managed to stop these gunmen before anything too serious happened. Obviously, there was the death of one bystander, um, but in comparison to some of the other venues that were hit, obviously, you can see how quickly and swiftly they reacted to this. Um so yeah. in total 129 people were murdered in france on friday um there are a lot of other people that have been seriously and critically injured who are in hospital i think it's, it's nearly 350 isn't it oh yeah it's absolutely horrific because not only were the gunmen there firing at these people they were also um wearing suicide bomb vests um and well, you can imagine, if you haven't what heard already, where that one went. Um, so, yeah, it absolutely disgusts me that things like this can happen and that yeah. people feel that this is the way that they should be living their lives. And, I mean, again, they have... It is um, ISIS, isn't it? It is ISIS. It, it is, it yeah, is they ISIS. They have declared themselves that this attack was led by them. And they said that this is the first of the storm. Which is, again, quite scary. But Did you hear about the tweet? No. That was put out. Um, I was talking to some of my FFM FM buddies earlier um, in a lesson, and they were saying that, as I believe it was linked to ISIS, mm. that they're aiming for Manchester, London, Stockholm. Stockholm, yeah. Um, and there was other places, but... Obviously, what stuck in my mind was London and Manchester. Yeah. Well, this morning, um, David Cameron released that I think it was in the last six months, the British Intelligence Service have foiled, I think it was six plans to attack London alone, which I think, personally, I mean, I know as journalists, I suppose, we are supposed to keep opinion separate from fact, but if I am to give my opinion on this, I don't particularly think it's right that they felt that they should keep something like that from the British public. I mean, of course, now they have told us, and I know they can't tell us these things sometimes to avoid panic, but, you know, do you know what I mean? You've got people going up and down to these cities constantly. This London, that will cause mayhem. Oh, of course it will. Anyway, it would cause mayhem anywhere. But yeah. um, just thinking about it, I am genuinely scared. <laughs> I seriously it is, it is am. a terrifying prospect. I mean, terrorism of any kind is terrifying. It's why do you think it's got its name? You know what I mean? But it, I just I struggle to understand how anyone can feel that this is right. Obviously, you know yeah. this is one of the biggest attacks the the Western world has faced since nine eleven, which was one which is and stands to this day the most horrific terrorist attack that has ever happened. Um, according to um, different sort of journalistic places, the BBC, um, ITV News, Meridian and stuff like that. Um, this is the worst terrorist attack since um, the Madrid bombings in 2005. Um, I actually don't know about that. I haven't heard about that. I think, I guess 2005 is a little bit before we would have been involved yeah. with the news. We would have been, what, in 2005? Definitely. How old would we have been? About eight? Yeah, I, would I, I don't eight, know if I, I would have been following the news that um, no. <laughs> much. But, um, 
it is just so scary to think, isn't it? But um, the French uh, citizens and like residents of Paris have taken a lovely um, tribute to all these um, fatalities, haven't they? Yeah. They I saw on multiple restaurants where they there's bullet holes in the glass, tiny tiny bullet holes. They've put roses in them um, with letters attached. Yeah. And it's just so heartbreaking when you see the um, videos. If you look on the BBC News website, there are so many videos of people breaking down. Like Nick Alexander, the um, I think he's the only Briton who's been declared dead. Dead at this point, um, yeah. His girlfriend, there was a horrible last night on the BBC News at 10. Yeah, there was just a video of her breaking down and it was just uh, awful. awful, isn't it? Just um, awful. Yeah, and um, they've lit candles. And during these tributes, they've they've been major panic, major panic. They've mm. been um, hearing gunshots in the background. There've been things that's been triggering them to yeah. just run. I mean, there is no. I think after something like this, you can't really just settle back down. You there is going to be uproar and panic for a long time after this in France. Um, I mean, I have distant family in France. <laughs> Um, I think it's what my dad's cousins. I don't know. Yeah. I'm very distant, you know. But you know that that was scary. I haven't heard. I don't know if they they were there or not. There was actually my dad was speaking to me about it, saying um one of my cousins, well one of my dad's cousins, second cousins. I don't know what that makes her to me, but she loves that kind of music, such as the um uh, the Eagles of Death Metal. You know that sort of heavy metal rock, and they were worried that oh my god, what if she had been there? What if she had been at the Bataclan? And that's just terrifying, you know what I mean? To think that... I mean, when you see these things on the news, if you're not directly involved, you constantly sit there and think, my god, that could never happen to me. The reality is, actually, it could happen to anyone. It's become such a huge multinational problem. ISIS is no longer the bunch of idiots making some terrible videos. They are the people downright attacking countries in the Western world, and it's disgusting. It says here, French PM um, Manuel Manuel Valls, I think, um, attacks are still being prepared, not only against France, but other European countries too. He said that they are dealing with a terrorist army rather than a terrorist group. Yeah, definitely. And that says something, definitely. I mean, the French responded very, very, very quickly to this attack. Um, Was it this morning? I think it was this morning, so around the 16th, um, they sent out 20 bomber jets and bombed a Syrian training centre and some other places as well that I'm unsure of. And what Um, did the bombs read? From Paris, with love. So they are responding with an absolute vendetta, and so they should. Um, And um, speaking earlier about how it's affecting everyone, um, there were these two women, I can only assume... Um, they were there uh, just for entertainment purposes. Yeah. They were in um, the Bataclan, I believe, and they went into a cellar and they thought, there's no way out of here. We're in a cellar. We're going to have to stay down here and try and keep safe yeah. away from the gunman, which they could hear um, above them. Then they said that they heard the door being smashed in by one of the uh, terrorists. They went into like a cupboard. They barricaded themselves in, turned the lights off, and they had to stay there for at least three hours until everything had, well, I wouldn't say calmed down. No, but but moved on, so to speak. um, Yeah. 
and you think they're from Scotland, that's basically up the road if you think about it, you know. So one of the things someone in this school could have been in France. Yeah, it's that it's that, you know, close to us. It makes it quite that bit more terrifying. But um What was I gonna say? I was going to say something. I, my mouth was open and ready to say words and they didn't come out. Sorry. That's all I right. I stopped your train of thought. You have. That was it. Um, uh, the day after this happened, I was watching the news and um, there was a video taken by a French journalist um, from the outside of the back doors of the Bataclan from, uh, I think it was a couple of stories up on the in a block of flats the other side of the road. And he videoed these people hanging out of the windows to avoid being shot. They were hanging onto window ledges by the tips of their fingers so as to live. And at the bottom, the thing that got me, though, was, yeah, there's these people literally hanging on for dear life. And at the bottom of the video, next to the Bataclan door, where people were running out trying to escape, was a blurred image, which was bodies. It is one of the most horrific things I have ever witnessed, and I wasn't even there. You know what I mean? It's such... A terrible, terrible thing that has happened. I honestly cannot believe it. When I um, well, first heard about it, it was over Twitter, and you mm. think if it wasn't for social media, I don't know if I would have heard about it. Yeah. And I'm so happy that I did because it's put things into perspective. It, it does, I suppose, put just how out of control ISIS have become. And they are, they are. No, there's no doubt about it. They are clever, not in a good way. No, they, not they in a good way. They've planned things, and we don't know what else they've planned. Basically, they've attacked the Bataclan. Yeah, famous, lots of people. The, the, the stadium, stadium. Famous, lots of people. What the? What's famous in London? Wembley. Literally everything. You know, yeah, the Tower of London, Big Ben, Buckingham Palace. There are so many places that could be targeted, and there aren't enough people Downing to cover Street. it. Exactly, there aren't enough people that can sit there and cover these places at such. But the thing that got me, in the first report that David Cameron gave, he turned around and said, we are remaining at, I think it was critical condition, which we were already, and not going up to the next level of worrying. I was like, how can you not go up to the next level of worrying? It's madness. Mm. And I mean, one of the responses that Great Britain has had in terms of this is that um, the British intelligence um places <laughs> mi5 mi6 have um recruited 1900 more british british intelligence officers to help support and stop the isis plans finding out what's happening how it's happening and stopping it before it happens um yeah yeah definitely you know but um it needs to be done definitely but it, needs um, to be done. it does Sort of, you probably would have seen the pictures over the last couple of days. Um, Paris turned out the lights in the Eiffel Tower, which was a very, very, for me, seemed like a very iconic symbol, literally going out. And I mean, that just shows how greatly affected they were. Um, but in response to this, monuments across the globe lit up with the colours of the French flag. So there was um, the Wembley Stadium, yeah, Wembley Stadium, Empire State Building, yeah, Empire State Building, the um, place in Rio de Janeiro. Um, the uh, Christ. What's it called? The angel? Yeah, the angel. But what's it called? I don't know. Oh my God, what's it called? I'm not sure. There was somewhere, the gallery in in London. Something oh, no, gallery. but what's... 
We'll have to search that up. We will. We'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> um, um, it was, but it was lovely seeing that everyone had come and together. And it was just an image of support for the for France from the rest of the Western world. Also, Disney, Disneyland Paris, closed for the first time since 1992 or yeah, 1962. 1992. That is crazy. <sighs> and, yeah. But, it's um, saddening. Yeah, definitely. But, um, the French president has responded in the way you would imagine with this, with absolute rage. And he's turned around it, and the words that he said were that the response to this, to ISIS, will be merciless. That's what he says, merciless. And I think that just goes to show just how affected they are and just how much they are not going to put up with this any longer. Um, Straight so, right. Yeah, I agree. After it happened, um, Barack Obama turned around, he gave a speech, he said how horrific everything that's happened is, and he then said that, they, that America would support France in its battle, it will help them because it's one of its oldest allies. Great Britain said the same. And then the question then remains... If that's the case, what are we going to do? What is Great Britain going to do? Because so far we haven't actually... We've sent in drone attacks. We haven't actually bombed Syria. And on top of that, one of the major issues that's arisen now is that one of the attackers in Paris was posing as a Syrian refugee. It's a question of who to believe and who not to believe. Exactly. And it, it does make things harder for the people who actually are refugees and need the help because now no one they aren't going to be trusted and at the same time can we then now shut off the borders to these people or is that wrong and have we so taken in things 20,000 no no and that makes me think what if we did mm. what if we had already done it we hadn't france the france attacks hasn't gone ahead and we took them in yeah and they were posing as refugees yeah, I mean, the whole thing is madness. And I remember you and me talking about the drone attacks a while ago, wasn't it? That must have been a couple of months Gosh, back that now. Must that have been, ago. Yeah. And I mean, we turned around and said, oh, what if something really bad happens? Well, here we go. <laughs> Do you know they should get us friend in the country? Actually, that's a terrible idea. We'd be yeah, awful let's probably really... Someone turned around to me the that. other day and said I'd make a really great prime minister, and I laughed. That was yeah. the next Margaret Thatcher. That's not a compliment on many people's scale. Not <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> so I, mean, I meant the fact that she's like empowering women by becoming the first prime minister. Lovely. Um, that's what I meant. <laughs> um, there was a minute silence today, which was lovely. Across in... the entirety of Europe. Yes. Uh, um, we didn't join in. No, we didn't. Um, we were actually slightly... Not just us two. No, no, we're no, not no. Heartless. No, no um, fell from school itself, didn't join in with a minute silence. Um... Myself being head girl this year, um, Mervyn French being head boy, Chloe Martin deputy head girl, and Max Daniels deputy head boy. Um, we felt quite strongly that this isn't a way that this should be happening and that we should be showing our support, even if it does mean by closing your mouth for a minute or two. Um, and we went and spoke to Mr. Anstis about this and he was very... He was very understanding of how we felt, but at the same time, he made his point quite well. Um, he said that we weren't going to do a minute silence... Um, because for France, because other things had happened that day, and it doesn't, it wasn't justified apparently to give a minute silence to the French when we weren't going to give a minute silence to the Japanese or those in Lebanon, 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 <laughs> whatever it's called, I can't say it. Um, which is a fair point, but we responded, why can't we do a minute silence for everyone that's been affected on Friday the thirteenth? Um, and again, Mr. Anders did respond with a perfectly justified point, which was, if we do two minutes silence today for France, 
what will happen if Great Britain is attacked? What would we do then? You know, how would we show our support then? Which, again, is a justified point. I personally don't agree with it. I think we still should have done a minute silence. But obviously, I don't quite have the jurisdiction to say that at this point. Yeah. But, um, you know, opinion. But, um, well, the rest of Europe did. And that was a beautiful way to show their respect for the French. Isn't it scary that um, people are saying, what if it happens to London? Or some people are saying, when it happens to London. It's mm. almost like we're expecting it now, and it's just become so... Oh, God, it's just so scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got a lot of our up-to-date information today from uh, the BBC News site, because they're often best for giving out facts. They do do it very well. Um, and at the bottom of where we got our information in the articles we've looked at, um, there's a small section um, for people who have been either in the area of France or have been directly affected by what's happening. Um, or if you have any information that you can share, if you know anything, if it's affected you in some way. Um, and you can actually, if you go to the BBC website, there is a list of ways you can get in touch, whether it's um, for an email uh, or if you want to speak to a journalist, if you know something, there are um, other ways you can do that. So if you do know anything if you have information on this i highly doubt it because i don't think our listeners probably reach as far as france let's face it but you never know if you do have information on this then you there are places you can go to get in touch with people that can help so well i think we should leave that one there leave that disgusting topic yes to rest yeah definitely that is horrific but um we have some lighter news we do. today. We decided we couldn't just do this because it would be too downheartening, or disheartening, I should say, and upsetting. So we thought, why not find some lighthearted, cool, cool news. news to finish us off for the you know, for this from this week. For the so, week, it's only Monday. You know, you know. Well, well, it's Monday for us. It might not be Monday for them. It'll what probably be about for you? Friday for you, <laughs> but yeah. Right, go on then. What, what have you got? Okay, so... Um, a police officer in Mountain View, California, pulled over a Google self-drive car. Right. For being too slow. Right. No action was taken, but it does um, raise a few questions about whether the cars um, currently are too cautious. Too cautious? Yeah. um, I guess it was annoying other drivers or being a bit slow on motorways. I don't even know. But um, in a post on Google+, Plus. it was joked that they bet humans don't get pulled over for that too often. Hmm. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> an accident report recently f- uh, filed by the California uh, Department of Motor Vehicles described a Google automated car as overcautious. Um, right. He noted traffic backing up behind a slow moving car in the eastbound lane. Um, the officer stopped the car and made contact with the operators to learn more about how it was choosing speeds along certain roadways um, and to educate those operators about impeding traffic. Yeah, it was travelling at 24 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour zone. Oh, that's pretty damn slow. So it is quite slow. That's, that's, that is, you've got a beetle and a snail. A Google self-drive car. The <laughs> picture is so funny. It looks like it should be going at snail's pace, to be fair. It's so cute, Does it though. look like a snail? Is it, I feel like it's just this little, little bug car. It's like... It has, like, a little, um, little, like, button on the top. Ha, ha, never had the way. Oh, funny. That's probably what it sounds like. 
Um, 1.2 million miles of autonomous driving tests. Um, we're proud to say that we've never been ticketed <laughs> in it in any of those 1.2 million miles. So that's nice. Um, in September, Google said it was working to make its car cars drive more hum- humanistically. Human hi- humanistically. Humanistically. As in, like humans. Following complaints that they were too polite. How can you be too polite? How can a car be polite? I know, it's Do, I reckon it's a bit like Syrian. The police officer pulls it over, window slowly winds down. Do you know how slow you were driving there, sir? My apologies, officer. I am driving at the rate in which I have been programmed to do so. I will pull over now <laughs> and increase my speed. Have a nice day. Window goes back up. It's just a police officer stood like, what? Sorry? <laughs> How funny. Statistics, though, Carla, mm. suggest that 90% of all car accidents are caused by human error, which they probably are. Yeah. Um, and most experts acknowledge that self-drives Self-drive cars will re- drastically reduce the number of road traffic accidents, which is quite good. Mm. I think that's that's a good thing. Oh, yeah, obviously. Like, the other day, I was driving, and then these two stupid... She's not got a licence yet, am I, Anne? No, I haven't <laughs> got a licence. I was driving with my mum. <laughs> and there was I was driving along, right, at the speed limit, and I was approaching a very sharp bend... Okay. I was approaching a very sharp bend. Yes, I was. Was a bend in the road, Marcel. It was, and it was proper, like 90 degrees. You've just gone from hoity-toity to proper lander now, innit? <laughs> you have. It was proper, <laughs> like... It was proper, like, 90-degree angles in that. It was, like, 90 <laughs> degrees. No, I'm serious. Okay. So I turned around. Well, that wasn't turning. I was approaching it. <laughs> I was approaching it, okay? And there was these two stupid mopeds. They clearly thought they were being cool, trying to overtake me. First of all, one was behind me and one was on the side of me. And it, I felt like I was going to be, like, attacked. I pulled over, <laughs> like, cornered by these two mopeds. Anyway, they both got on it, the it side sounds, of me. I'm sorry, the way you're describing this makes it sound like when an elephant is, like, herded by lions. Yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> what image I'm trying to portray right <laughs> so they were like running up the side of me but they, you they do, you're okay. just now now because we're just going in deep here you're literally David Attenborough right now <laughs> and then the Fiat rounded the corner anyway, and the mopeds approached the mopeds were right next to me and my car is bigger than a moped right, right? seriously they they were t- mopeds are smaller than any car anyway the they kind of began to be beside me and I was going the speed limit okay and then this big car like a four by four or whatever Came the opposite direction. It approaches the mother elephant. Okay. Right, okay. Call it my mum. No. Well, it approached me on the other side of the road. Okay. And these mopeds had to drop back behind me. And then they turned into butlins. Okay. So they decided to try and overtake me, to then cut me up to go into butlins. Why try and overtake me when butlins is like two seconds there? Why? You guys can't see Madison's eyes, but they are quite big right now. It's oh, I, I, honestly, I was fuming. There is steam coming off the top of her head. I was literally fuming. Anyway, that that was dangerous driving. Maybe I need a self-drive car. Maybe the moped. Oh, maybe moped the needs self-drive. Need yeah. That probably took up half the podcast. But probably, that, right. I'm raging. I'm raging. On? And this was like three days ago. Anyway, I'm raging Right, still. should we go on to another... Um, Technological yeah, te- technological. <laughs> technology related. Yeah. Um, so phones need a bed mode to protect sleep. Right, that is the title of this. 
Um, Sounds so, quite good, actually. Well, they do already have a night mode on iPhones. Sometimes laugh all <laughs> Right. Smartphones, tablets and e-readers should have an automatic bedtime mode that stops them disrupting people's sleep, says a leading doctor. So, Professor Paul... Um, I'm going to murder your name. I apologise. <laughs> um, Gringus. Gringus? Gringras? Gringus. I'm going to call him Professor Gringus. Professor Paul Gringus um, argues that... Um, settings should filter out the blue light that delays the body clock and keep people awake later into the evening. Um, I don't really know what that means, but all right. <laughs> but yeah. um, the doctor from Evelina Children's Hospital in London said that every new model was bluer and brighter. So I literally think they mean the colour of the lights on your phone. Yeah. Right. Um, when you wake up in the morning oh and it's God, on hurts, full brightness, it? and yeah, you're like, you've eh, got to be stupid to leave it on. just this morning. Did it? Yeah. Um... Anyway, (laughs) Uh, yeah, as it gets darker into the evening, the body starts to produce the sleep hormone metatolin, which helps people nod off. Um, So certain wavelengths of light, those at the blue-green end of the spectrum, can disrupt the system. So basically, they're saying if you're staring at a really bright blue-coloured screen, such as Facebook or Twitter, ah, you're not going to sleep very well. I should probably stop doing that then. Yeah, you probably should. Um, Professor Gringus was part of a study published in uh, Frontiers in Public Health, analysing the light emitted by the devices. Um, it concluded there was a clear trend for new devices to be bigger, brighter, and have high levels of contrast and emit more blue light. Obviously, maybe it must m- look nicer, I don't know. Um, but the Professor of Children's Sleep Medicine told the BBC News website um, that it's great for use in the day, but awful for use at night, obviously, because it disrupts a system in your body that produces metatolin. Um, it was metatolin, wasn't it? It is metatonin. Um, so, melatonin. Uh, huh? Melatonin. Melatonin. Sounds like, it's like a melon would do. Hey, I'm melatonin. You are a melon. Okay. <laughs> I am a melon, you're right. Um... Uh, Professor Gringus said that some sleep-aware apps had already been designed to reduce the blue-green light emissions, um, but that a bedtime mode could automatically filter out the blue as software, um, such as an, a site called or Flux already does, um, or F.Lux, I don't really know what that is either. Um, he said that there needed to be more responsibility from manufacturers, and the key is to automate it. So getting it to turn these blue light emissions off automatically after a certain amount of time. So maybe, you know, your clock reaches, I don't know, seven. Bam, no more blue. That's a bit early. Why don't people just put it, invert the colour so there's no blue? Because that'll hurt your eyes even more. Have you seen it? Yeah, it looks well cool. Everything's like it's orange. It's cool, actually. It looks like x-ray. Anyway. Yeah, moving on. Um... That's it. Yeah, that's it, actually. Moving on. <laughs> Don't use Twitter and Facebook yeah. at night. Yeah, that's well, the moral of the story. There was another study we looked at, wasn't it, about whether social media affects your sleep at night as well, wasn't it? Was it? In, like, teenagers. Do you not remember the study? It, have a look back through our other podcast. You might be able to find it. If we do, we'll let you know. Um, but we don't yeah. tend to listen to our own podcast because it's really embarrassing because we don't sound like ourselves. If you met me in public by my voice, you would not know it's me. By my voice. By my voice. <laughs> yeah, you literally would not know it's me. There we go. Right, move on. They probably will meet you because you're head girl. <laughs> yeah, if you the come same. to Fell from Shore. Right, move on. Okay. Move on, quick. Um, Oh, that's your news story. Move on to the next one. Okay. Hunger Games. Yes, Mockingjay Part 2 is coming Wait, out. Wait, let me... <laughs> you don't really get sued for doing that, do we? 
Oh no. Well, Screw mine was crying. <laughs> yeah. Crikey, mate. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the premiere is meant was meant to go ahead, but it's been scaled back in the light of the Paris attacks. Back to the horrible scenario again. Mm. Um, Hunger Games stars Liam, Jennifer, and Josh. Jim, we're on first, you're on first name basis well, yeah, now. I'm literally you're not, on first not, name you know, basis. Mr. Hemsworth, Miss Lawrence, and Mr. Hutcherson have been I'm the basically watch. best buds with all I of them. I bet you are. Anyway, they've been I, on a world. Did I ever tell you about the one time I had a dream about Jennifer Lawrence? No. I had a dream that me and her were out for dinner and then we went back to hers for wine. Cool story, it bro. Was bizarre. It, again. it was bizarre. It was a really long time ago, though. This was during my like obsessive obsession with the Hunger Games when I read them all like 10 times. I love Back in like the books. year nine. How good are the books? They are fantastic. Though? If you haven't read the books, read the blooming books. And then watch the films. Yes. Okay, yeah, they've been on a world tour of premieres. The Los Angeles premiere for The Hunger Games has been scaled back out of respect for the very recent events in Paris. Lionsgate cancelled two hours of the red carpet interviews with stars including, obviously, Jennifer, Liam, my best buds, <laughs> um, of the attacks. Um, Tuesday night's Paris premiere of the Tom Hardy film Legend has been called off as well, for obvious reasons. Um, part two of Mockingjay was filmed of um, a little bit in Paris, along with a little bit in Atlanta and a little bit in Germany. I don't know they filmed some in Europe. No, they don't usually. Why. We haven't seen it yet. No, that's, that's probably why. why. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lionsgate stated that. Out of respect for the very recent events in Paris, we have decided to modify our red carpet and we will not conduct interviews at Monday's Mockingjay 2 premiere. We will proceed with the rest of the event as planned in honour of the incredible fans who have always supported our films with such passion. A.K.A. me and Carla, biggest fans. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Mockingjay Part 2 is clearly the final instalment and yeah, it's quite sad that the premiere has been pulled back but it's for a very good um, reason and... It's coming out Thursday. Yeah. We're going to have to go and see it. We definitely so are. So £2.50 at Bogner's Picture Drome. Is it out on Thursday at Bogner? I don't know. We have to check that because if it is, we are. Oh, what's the thing we're supposed to be helping out on on Thursday? I'm not helping out. I've got driving lesson. Oh, what is it? Because I don't even know. Handing I just, my nan got... Oh, guys, if you're listening. Oh, no, it'll be your... this will be out on like Friday. Even so, um, Mr. Creature DeVal's um, Bake Off. Is this Thursday? European Bake Off. It's European so cool. Bake Off is this Thursday. So um, if you want to try out some awesome bakes, go along and yeah. you can pay fifty p to eat some cake, Basically. or volunteer to hand if out the you're cake. A sick former. Okay, if you're a sick former, volunteer to hand out the cake, and, and then get you get to eat for it for free. free. Love it. Yeah, uh, you is that, that what I'm doing? Is that what you're yes. volunteer? Okay, that's fine with me. There's cake involved. It's only to like four though, so oh, that's we fine. Can go Even better. That. There's yeah. cake involved. Right, buzzing. shall we move on? Um, <laughs> I've got the um, last story for today. Um, some of you might have heard about this, actually. Um, I did. I thought it was kind of funny. But, yeah. Um, oh, well. Um, so, school pupils collapse at Outwood Academy in Ripon. Um, this so, is in North Yorkshire, isn't it? Yes, it is in North Yorkshire. So, this happened on Armistice Day, um, which is obviously the 11th of November. Um, at 11pm. At 11pm. A.M. A.M., that's what we meant. <laughs> um, so, basically, what happened was up to 40 school pupils in Outwood Academy um, simultaneously fell, fainted, vomited, God knows what else, um, between 11 and 11.30. So ambulances came to the academy, as well as fire engines, um, as it was thought 
at the time that there may have been some sort of chemical le- uh, leak. So, I don't know, maybe the science lab exploded or something, you know what I mean. But, um, not not exploded, but hazardous something materials. Happened. Um, yeah, so the 40 students that were effective, uh, that's affected, as I said, either you know, vomited or fainted, um, one parent of a pupil who wishes to remain anonymous said, um, I rang the school to check my daughter was okay. I was told a couple of children had collapsed during rem- a remembrance service. As it finished, another couple went down, and that's when the fire brigade was called. Um, if you see the picture, there is so many like emergency service yeah, vans. Well, you've kind of got crazy. to be like that with the school, haven't you? But um, yeah, because they thought there might have been some sort of chemical leak which had caused them all to pass out. Like, like when you leave the gas taps on in science, everyone gets a bit dizzy. That has never happened to that's me. Never that never happened ha- to you. Has happened to you once. Someone left all the gas taps on, and we all were like, "What is that?" I know. Like when we were turning them all off, and then it was like. Now it's cool. We have a guest here. Yeah, um, right now you may have heard her. <coughs> then we have um, Becky Wood with us. Say hi. Hello. You might have to shout. Hello. There we go. Um, <laughs> I still think they. She might not have been heard. Oh well. Fair enough. Oh, here she comes. Plus, it's Rebecca. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Rebecca Wood. Yeah. She is our one of our heads of charity as well, actually. Yeah. But um, anyway, back to the actual story. Um. One student that was interviewed by the BBC afterwards, which also, who also didn't wish to be named, said, um, when the first boy was sick, we thought it was a one-off, but then there was a big slap on the floor and someone else had fainted. After that, it was a bit of a domino effect. Another three or four collapsed and then people started leaving the hall to get fresh air. One of the boys who fell was a bit concussed and had a big lump on his head. After that, they ushered us out quickly and a couple of girls had panic attacks. Um... After it was sorted, by the afternoon, the lessons went on as normal. Um, but some students complained of feeling sick and having headaches and things. Um, after the what's been called mass hysteria, it actually turned out that the only affecting factor on these children was the hall was a little bit too warm. Banter. There was no chemical leaks, nothing, you know. It was literally that the hall was um, too warm. A fire officer told the BBC that they believed the hall was a hot room and some children had become overwhelmed. Um, there was absolutely no chemicals or gas detected. There um, you go. So, yeah, that was all it was. One kid hit the deck and then everyone else followed suit, basically. That's um, really, that is actually really crazy, though. It is a bit mad. People. It, everyone just started falling over. <laughs> That was it, basically. Um, it would have been quite funny to watch if you weren't one of the people. Probably, actually, yeah. Well, actually. in hindsight, it would have been quite funny. But um, beforehand, it was probably a little bit scary. Um, afterwards, many of the affected students um, went home with their parents and whatnot. But those of the students that weren't affected by it stayed in school and continued their lessons as usual. So um, it's quite odd to think that, you know, one person faints and everyone else does as well. It's a bit weird, isn't it? But... Um, yeah, that was about that. So um, there was, like I said, no gas leaks, no chemicals. It was just a bit warm. But um, there we go. Well, <laughs> let's just not turn the heating on. No, maybe keep the heating down from now on, Outward Academy. Um, but yeah. Um, it's been a good and very long podcast It today. has been very long. Normally, you know, you get half an hour. We've uh, given you nearly 45 minutes, which is pretty good. Um, obviously, that's mainly because of the talk at the beginning about Paris, which... You know, shame. Yeah, massive, horrific event that's occurred um, and will resonate with a lot of people for a long time, obviously. Um, but if you want to get in touch with us about any of the 
you know stories that we've covered this week um or if you have anything to say about any of the stories anything like that you can contact us either through the contact page at feltonfm.com feltonfm.com yeah. um or, or twitter yes um, um at fcc film oh no <laughs> wrong one i've betrayed you i'm so sorry what's new um fm uh yeah not not the other one not not for new sorry guys um but i think that's just about everything from us this week we thank our sponsors we thank dale i thank carla i thank maddie (laughs) yeah we thank rebecca for coming in and (laughs) listening to this um and we thank you for listening as well um we will be back in a fortnight with even more news and probably some updates on paris um, yes. As we find Top them out. journalists. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and Carla's just <clears throat> written, sorry, uh, a really cool new podcast uh, blog post, post, which you should go and check out. About the school's it's IT controversial. Department. It is controversial. It's really controversial. sassy and fun to read. So Sure, let's go call it that. Um, anyway, that's it from us this week. We'll be back, as I say, in a fortnight with more news stories for you guys. Bye. Bye.